you do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. No single space project in this period will be more impressive to mankind or more important for the long-range exploration of space. Welcoming you to the 22 November Network. Get ready for another exciting edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast. Featuring me, that's right, your boy Rob Clark, coming at you. Stay tuned. Be right there. What's up, everybody? I'm fresh out of the helicopter chopper. Drop me off. Welcome to the Lone Gunman Podcast. This is your boy Rob Clark coming at you. Episode number 34. The last episode. Not the lost episode. The last episode. That's right. After today, the Lone Gunman Podcast will cease to exist. No more. And uh, for those wanting to know why, I'm going to be brutally honest with you today. And as, as you may have noticed, regular listeners, that I'm about a week late on having a show, if not two weeks late. Uh, the reason for that is I am just not feeling it anymore. I can't get through a show. I've tried at least eight or nine times to record a show, and uh, I just can't get through it. You know, what what started out to me as, as fun and, and, and entertaining has turned into uh, more work than fun, I guess you would say. And being real real, 
you know, I've, I've, I work two jobs, you know, I've got, I've got two kids that play sports, you know, two kids in school and my time is valuable. My time is precious and I don't have a lot of it. I don't have a lot of free time and, you know, it takes a lot to not just hop on here and mail it in and, you know, there, believe it or not, there is research involved. There is a lot of reading involved. There is a lot of uh, research time involved because just because I've read, you know, say at least a hundred books on the assassination, you know, seen umpteen presentations and, and films and all that jazz, you know, it's not like I have instant recall. I don't have a photographic memory. Um, you know, like I said, the first book I read on the assassination was was uh, Jim Garrison on the Trail of the Assassins, and that was twenty five years ago. I couldn't, for the life of you, life of me, <clears throat> you know, tell you the ins and outs and specifics of that book. Without going back and re-skimming it. And I have so many books. You know, my wife won't let me uh, keep them out. I have to I have to uh, hermetically seal them in away in uh, some storage containers. And it's a gigantic pain in the ass for me to actually go to where my books are located. And extract what I'm looking for, what I need. You know, and then go through the hassle of, of, of putting it back. And, and it's a big, long process. And the, trust me, the Internet has helped a lot in finding things. <clears throat> and things aren't like they used to be as far as research goes, which is a good thing. And, but, you know, I, I, to be honest... You know, it still bothers me about episode number 32 and about what this guy said about me. And it's it's gnawing in the back of my head. And, I, and like Doug says, you know, just kick the guy out of your head. Well, it's not that easy because part of me agrees with this guy. Okay. I'm nobody special. You know, I haven't written a book. I, I, you know, I don't have any groundbreaking interviews or done any groundbreaking research. You know, I have a couple areas that I focus on and we'll get into those because <clears throat> I want to reiterate those here on the last, the last show because a lot of new listeners might not have, you know, went back in the archives and we're going to go all the way back to show number two. Let's go hold on one second. Sorry, I had to sneeze there. I also failed to mention I have three cats. And their damn hairballs. <coughs> but, uh, yeah, so we're going to touch on a couple of things like that. But, you know, back to what the, what this guy said, and I'll say who it is now. is Ed, Ed, Ed Tatro. And I will admit, you know, I never heard of him before the conference. Now, being a JFK researcher for 25 years... Is the fact that I've never heard of this guy my fault? Is there a reason why 
his research and his knowledge on the on the assassination never reached me? I would assume so. I mean, apparently he's a conference rat. You know, he goes to all the conferences. But in this day and age, you're only reaching so many people doing that. Uh, you you know, if if you have 45 years of research and interviews with people like you know Marina Oswald and and Jim Garrison and you know you got to put this stuff on paper you know you're not going to be around forever and what you know what do you got to hold away in some dusty little notebook under your bed somewhere you know i i just don't understand people sometimes you know especially academics especially teachers which this guy is obviously you know you have the discipline and the knowledge and the know-how to know how to write a book. To know how to write, even if you don't have the patience to sit down and write an entire book, write an article. You know, write write an article about your your uh, interview with Marina Oswald. You know, write an interview with your, or write an article about your interview with Madeline Brown. You know, whatever you want to. Is there a reason in this day and age that I have not heard of anybody? There shouldn't be. If you're not on Facebook, you're not in the forums. You know, I'm not a part of these old email chain letter, whatever things, you know, like. And and trust me, not a lot of people can make it to conferences. You know. So is it my fault I've never heard of you or your research? No, that's your fault. Okay. And. As for my analysis of your presentation, you know, like I said before, it's, you know, it's notes on what you're saying. And and we'll get into that towards the end, but, you know, part of what, part of what he said was true. You know, I'm not a researcher. I'm not a broadcaster. I've got no business doing this. And, and. Treating anything as accurate, but I think my listeners know me well enough by now to know that everything that comes out of my mouth is not gospel. It is my opinion, you know, and opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got one. And uh, just like, you know, the first time we met Ed Tatro at the conference, you know, the first thing out of his mouth was, uh, you know, LBJ did it and I'll I'll convince you, you know, Madeline Brown was, was, was telling the truth and you know, Lyndon Johnson was behind all this stuff, right? Well, guess what? After hearing you talk all weekend, I still don't believe you. I still don't believe the LBJ did it theory. I still don't believe Madeline Brown's bullshit either. You know, she was the man's side piece. Okay, there's certain things you don't tell your side pieces. You especially don't tell your side pieces Anything that be, that can be used to blackmail you for money or otherwise. You know, LBJ was a notorious womanizer. You know, he even banged what, five out of eight of his White House secretaries. And that's just his secretaries. Who knows where else this dude was sticking his hog, you know? But, but Madeline Brown was special. He was so special, or she was so special... You know, he didn't give a shit that he had a kid with her. He didn't acknowledge that. You know, it's 
she was nobody special. She was a party girl, and I'll go ahead and say it. Party girl nowadays, she, she, she's like the Paris Hilton or the Lindsay Lohan of, of, of the 1960s in Texas. Okay? She was probably a drunk, a drug user, a hoe, whatever you want to call it. They like to spread her legs for powerful, rich Texans. And just because she says something happened does not mean I have to believe it. There's no proof whatsoever. No proof whatsoever. And like I said before, to Lyndon Johnson, this woman was nobody special. You know, there, there's a crude and vulgar term for what for what women like that are. F meat. That's all you are to some people, and all you will ever be is F meat. You're not even seen as a person. You're just seen as a place to stick something once in a while. Especially, you know, these de- desperate debutantes that have dreams of becoming, you know, a rich, uh, you know, taking care of woman. You know, that's what these party girls do. They're looking for their uh, their next deep pockets, the gold diggers, like Kanye West calls them. And, you know, I, I see, you know, the numbers are good, and, but the numbers are steadily declining. And, uh, you know, it's getting harder and harder to just sit here and drone on for 45 minutes about a topic, you know, and I could, I could do it for hundreds of topics, you know, there's just that much crap in my head, but you know, who really wants to sit here and listen to me and nobody drone on for 45 minutes? You know, I don't have the technical things that I need to do this podcast the way I'd like to do it. You know, I don't have a computer. I don't have, you know, these awesome Skype connections. I don't have microphones. I don't have pop screens. I don't have mixers. I don't have, you know, software or anything like that to do this the right way, the way I want it to do. And in a way to make it interesting because, I, you know, I would like to have guests on here. There's a whole ton of people I'd love to talk to. And I can't. I mean, I could, but it would sound like dog shit. And I just don't want to put my listeners through it. I don't want to put my guests through some nickel and dime bullshit show. And, you know, I've got a lot of guys that said they'd come on. I got, you know, Larry Names, author of the Oswald Reflection. He said he'd come on. Uh, Joseph McBride said he'd come on. You know, Leroy Blevins said he'd come on. I've got guests lined up. I could get guests like a mug, but... I just don't want it to sound like crap and I don't want to embarrass myself <clears throat> and I don't want to waste my guest time coming on some little popcorn and peanut fucking show and uh, do that to him. So as far as this incarnation of the Lone Gummit podcast is now dead, I'm not totally leaving. I will still be around. I'm not abandoning the 22 November network. I'll still be here. You know, our bloggers are very, very busy doing other things, uh, you know, through through no fault of their own. You know, everybody has lives and, and outside of uh, 
you know, doing JFK research. And so I will be around. I'll, I'll be adding to the blogosphere of 22 November. And hopefully if Doug will have me, I'll be a guest on the, the Dallas action every once in a blue moon. <clears throat> or something more regular. You know, it's whatever Doug wants to do. I'm not pushing for anything, and it's up to him. It's his show. He can do what he wants. And uh, as far as me, your boy, Rob Clark, goes, I'm going to give this whole podcasting thing a break for a while. But I will be back next year. I promise you that. And I will have the right equipment to do this the right way. But it will not be on Lone Gummin Podcast. It will be on a new show that I'm going to be doing called Strange Days Indeed. And I'm excited about that because it doesn't pigeonhole me into just the Kennedy assassination. You know, there's a there's a whole lot of other stuff in my brain that I like to get out. <clears throat> I do look at everything in the world through a the eye of a conspiracy theorist. You know, things like, I don't think we went to the moon. I think 9-11, you know, employed a lot of fakery and CGI and lies and, uh, you know, perpetration by our government. You know, you know my feelings on the JFK assassination. You know, the RFK assassination, I think something was up there too. The Martin Luther King assassination, something there too. And, and they're all tied together. And John Judge had it right. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, the new show will allow me to branch out into different topics of discussion, you know, including topical discussion, news of the day. Um, basically, it's going to give me a license to talk about whatever I want to. And that includes the Kennedy assassination, and I will cover that from time to time, but I'm not going to be pigeonholed into only talking about the Kennedy assassination, you know, because I can't come on the Lone Gummin podcast and sit here and talk about, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> Ebola, you know, or the, you know, shit like that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, hopefully that, that's exciting to me and I'll have the right equipment to do it the right way, and it's going to be awesome, and it's going to sound great, and I'll be able to have guests. So look for that after the new year, and if you want to know how to find it, just look on my Spreaker page. You'll see a tab. I think it says Collections or Shows. You click on that, and it'll tell you. You'll see the Lone Gunman, and then you'll see Strange Days Indeed, and that's where it'll be, and... It's already set up and ready to roll. Just no shows yet. But that's where you can find it. And stay tuned. I'll, and I'll plaster it all over Facebook uh, when, when it does happen. <clears throat> so be on the lookout for that. Now a couple more things that I wanted to get into on this, the last edition of the Lone Gunman Podcast. Um, there's a couple of things I'd like to reiterate for you. You know, I, I know a lot about the Kennedy assassination, but there's a couple aspects of it that I know really, really well that I'm very, very confident in talking about 
and things that I've really, really put a lot of time and effort into researching. And one of them is Beale Wesley Frazier, who, you know, I know a lot of people like O. Wesley. And, uh, you know, I'm not out here to make enemies because of my opinions on Beale Frazier. But I will tell you this. You know, there's a reason I believe the way I believe. I just don't throw anything out there for no reason. And I'll put a link up to an article I did on it, or a blog I did on it on my old blog site. And go back and listen to episode number two of the Lone Gunman podcast, Buell Frazier. And a lot of that is there as well. And here's the deal. Now, now, Bill Frazier was at the other conference in, in D.C. when we were at the other conference. And I really, really wanted to go over there and talk to him and, and just ask him for an interview, which I probably wouldn't have gotten because I would have said, look, man, I'm not going to ask you these softball questions like the sixth floor or these, you know, happy-go-lucky 50th anniversary reflections, you know, on the assassination. You know, I'm going to ask you about... Edward Shields HSCA testimony and why him and him and Charles Givens said you came to work alone that morning you know which which directly contradicts what you told the Warren Commission and the police and uh, you know among other things you know why would Jack Doherty who stated he was a, he was a, now Jack Doherty by this time had been with the company almost 15 years. Okay. And, and, and people said, you know, he was a simple man, which mildly retarded, maybe something to that effect. But, you know, they trusted the guy enough to be kind of the maintenance guy, the elevator operator, the guy who come in and open the doors in the morning. The guy who, you know, walked around, make sure no pipes were leaking, you know, cleaning up around the place. You know, locked it, locked everything up, made sure everything was 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 running right. This is the guy who unequivocally stated that he saw Oswald come in the door that morning with nothing in his hands, carrying nothing. Okay. Therefore, Buell Fraser's story is a lie, and. Edward Shields tells the story of of somebody, I think it was Charles Givens, hollering out to Buell Frazier that morning in the parking lot. Hey, where's your rider? Now, that might be an odd question. And Buell Frazier told him, I dropped him off at the building. Okay? Which directly contradicts his Warren Commission and police report. Testimony. Okay? Because Buell had to park very, very, you know, a couple blocks away from the from the Elm Street building. He parked to the other uh, school book depository building, which is a freaking hike. Okay? It's a freaking hike. And, <coughs> excuse me. You know, he, he, you know, he lied. Either way, he lied about the package. Because if if Oswald had a package, 
it would have been 40 inches long in a paper bag, obviously a rifle, obviously stiff. There's no way Oswald could have cupped that under his armpit and walked with it. But as we know from other people's testimony, that Oswald didn't walk, make that walk. And that Buell Frazier said himself that he dropped him off at the building. <clears throat> now, why is this significant? Because I believe that Buell Frazier gave Lee Oswald a ride to and from work every day. Now, uh -huh, Rob, that's a giant leap you might be saying. Well, not really. Once again, when you apply the rules of logic to things regarding the assassination, you'd be surprised what you come up with. Okay, how did Lee Oswald get to work? He worked there for six weeks before the assassination. Okay, now all we hear from Buell is that he took him home to Irving on Friday and brought him back home Monday morning. That's not the case. Okay, how did Lee Oswald get to work every other day of the week? Where is the bus driver who picked up the alleged assassin for a month and a half before the assassination? The alleged assassin rode my bus every morning to work. Where's that guy? Nowhere. Where's all the people, you know, people that ride buses, ride them every day to work? You know, the same people, you know, the bus stops at the same stops every day. The same people ride it every day. Where's all the people on the bus that... Allegedly rode to work with the assassin for six weeks straight. They don't exist. Where's the cab driver who came and picked him up every day and took him home every day? Nowhere, because he doesn't exist. And are we to believe that Oswald walked to and from work every day? I don't think so. There's nothing to support that. And for all the people out there who I've put this theory to, and it's not even a theory, because it's backed up with evidence and testimony, okay? I hear one thing from them. Well, Buell Frazier wouldn't have went so far out of his way every day just to go pick up Lee Oswald. Oh, he wouldn't. Oh, really? Is, is it really that far out of his way? You know? Well, let me put that issue to rest right now, okay? Because I just checked the map, and anybody can see that Irving Boulevard goes all the way from Irving to downtown Dallas, and it's only about a mile side trip from the R.L. Thornton Expressway and a half mile to the rooming house, or, you know, it could have been a nearby uh, pickup place, you know, around the corner on Zangs or whatever. No real stretch to consider that Fraser might have given Oswald a ride to work every day. Every day. And the people that know Frazier know he's a great guy. He's a really nice guy. Sure, Lee, no problem. I'll pick you up, man, every day. I'll give you a ride home every day, man. It's no problem at all, Lee. You know, we can go shooting together, Lee. You know, hey, man, we can go hang out together. We can go shoot some guns together, right? Sure, Lee, no problem. I'll give you a ride home from work. Sure, Lee, no problem. I can give you a ride to work. It's not that far out of the way, right? There is no other alternative, okay? 
It's not a stretch. Their co-workers knew it. That they rode together every day. There is a reason why Buell Fraser lied. And that's either he was framing the shit out of Lee Oswald. Or he was helping Lee Oswald. Either way, lying. Either way, he's guilty of something. <clears throat> but what did we? What did he give us? He gave us a package. Okay, two feet long, with curtain rods in it. Now Lee Oswald himself denied any curtain rod story. He was arrested. Denied knowing anything about it. Denied saying anything about it. And Lee Oswald admitted to a lot of stuff in custody. Why wouldn't he just say, yeah, I told, you know, I told him it was curtain rod. You know, but he didn't. He, he, he didn't. You know, why wouldn't you help out this, this nice guy who gives you a ride to and from work? You know, why are you going to put, put him in the, uh, in, in the spotlight in, in front of the police and, and possibly, you know, good old, this good old guy in trouble, you know, that's been helping you out, giving you rides. Why are you going to throw him under the bus? You know, it's a lie, people. That's why the assassination tapes determined it was a lie. And his subsequent uh, interviews, lies. Okay? Now, you can keep believing the fairy tales about him if you want to. But you will never, ever, ever convince me that that man is either lying or he's withholding the truth. And I would ask him, hey, Buell, where were you that afternoon for three hours? Where were you from like 1.30 to 4.30 that day? Because you weren't visiting your dad for three hours in the hospital. Because he had just gotten there a half an hour before the cops did. So where was he that afternoon? About 1.30 to 4.30. That's what I'd ask him. You know, the witnesses in the, surrounding this case that don't say what the government wants them to say have a weird habit of ending up dead. Okay? But people that go along with the official story, like Ruth Payne, like Marina Oswald, like Buell Frazier, are still alive and kicking. Okay? And Buell Frazier's only 70 years old. He could be around for another freaking 30 years. How insane is that? You know, God willing. <laughs> I'm telling you, this man is a key to the assassination. He either knows something. He's not being honest. He's not being honest. I'm telling you. And why is it significant that he came to this conference when he never did before? You know, he, used to, he popped out of his little hole every, like once every five years and told his little story to the news. And then he went went back in his in hiding. Where's the Buell Fraser book? Where where's where's his great interviews with researchers? You know, I haven't seen him anywhere. No, 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 no. Sorry, my cat's being a butthole. Yeah, where's where you know where's all these great interviews with 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 Buell Fraser? They don't exist. The man is lying, and I don't care how nice you think he is, or how nice he appears, or you know, his good old boy persona sways you. It doesn't sway me. 
because either he was instrumental in setting Lee Oswald up as the patsy, or he was instrumental in helping Lee Oswald uh, bring a rifle into the Texas School Book Depository. <laughs> One of two ways. There is no other option. So please, for more on that, go back and listen to episode two. Okay? I don't just say things to say them. There's a reason. And I can back it up with evidence and testimony. And like I said, I'll put a link up and you can go see the HSCA testimony for yourself of Charles Givens and Edward Shields to the HSCA where it says plain and black and white. Exactly what Buell Frazier told them. Okay, and exactly what they said about them riding together every day. Every day. So, until Bill Frazier goes on the record and clarifies all that, if he possibly even can, then, uh, yeah, forget that. And another thing, you know, that I've looked at a lot is Oswald in the doorway. And frankly, I'm tired of looking at it because it's a giant dead end. It means nothing. It can't be proven. You know, there's a hundred thousand other ways to prove that Lee Oswald was something other than the, the lone assassin. And it's just a horse that's been beaten to death. And I really don't want to beat it any more than this, but um you know what I've said what I wanted to say about that. You can go back and listen to episode four for Oswald in the doorway. And, you know, those are the two, two main areas. And I know people always say, well, you know, to, to really understand what goes on, you need to get the hell out of Dealey Plaza. Well, I understand that. I'm not stupid. But I'm also interested in figuring out what the hell happened in Dealey Plaza. <laughs> okay? Because if once you figure that out, you know, then you can go up the ladder. Okay, you can either start at the top of the ladder and work your way down. Or you can start at the bottom and work your way up. And for me, it's easier to work my way up from the bottom. You know, start in Dealey Plaza instead of starting in Washington. And, but like I said, you can go both ways. People, people do it both ways. What interests me, though, is... What happened in Dallas that day? What happened in Dealey Plaza that day? What happened at Parkland Hospital that day? What happened to the first day testimonies of the people who were actually there? You know, what happened about storming the grassy knoll? What happened at Parkland seeing, you know, a fist-sized hole in the back of Kennedy's head? You know, the truth train is coming down the mountain. And we saw it firsthand at the conference. You know... Doug Horn, keep your eye on Doug Horn, because not only is he an amazing guy, not only is he a nice and generous guy, okay, but he has this figured out, people, with the medical evidence and the Zapruder film. I'm telling you, keep your eye on Doug Horn, okay, because great things are coming 
Because when this documentary comes out about the Zapruder film and how it's been altered, it's going to be undeniable proof to everyone. Lone nutters, the government, they're going to have to answer. They're going to be called to the carpet and they're going to have to acknowledge that they've been lying to us for 50 years. And it's going to be groundbreaking. You know, it's going to be monumental. The shit is going to hit the fan when that happens. Doug Horn has proven with his medical stuff and testimony from people like Dennis David, who you can go back and listen to, interviewed by me, myself. Okay? <coughs> with the work of David Mantic. Okay? You know, the, he's got it figured out how they did what they did at Parkland, how they did what they did at Bethesda, who lied, why there's four sets of autopsy notes. He's got it all figured out. Okay? And why is this man not speaking at Lancer this year? Ask yourself that. Why is the most important man in JFK research at the present time not speaking at Lancer this year? Why is it that after John Judge dies, founder of COPA, that Deborah Conway announces that she's retiring due to health reasons and there will be no more Lancer either. Okay? You know, the, the, just recently I've been realizing the history of these Dallas conferences and, and the, the odd way that, that JFK Lancer came into existence, you know, after the Oliver Stone movie and how certain people were promoted by... Uh, you know, these different organizations and, and the, how they're backed and uh, how they're put out there. You know, it's all a big game. You know, and it's it's sad. But the truth will come out and it's going to come soon. You know, Deborah Conway says that she got an offer. As, and somebody asked her, why, why is Lancer back this year? You know. Well, she got an offer she couldn't refuse. Smiley face. I'm, no. <laughs> Does that not sound a little ominous to you? You know, six, four months ago. Four months ago, you're giving it up due to medical reasons. Now, all of a sudden, you got an offer you couldn't refuse? What, are they going to give you a, a rascal you can roll around on or something now? <clears throat> Or is that, uh, you know, it's one of the mafia offers you can't refuse. You know, I don't know. But just be aware that it's on. Okay. I'm telling you, people, Doug Horn and his research is coming down the pipe. And you better get off the tracks. Because it's going to turn this world, turn this community on its head sideways. When the truth is revealed. And there are going to be rats running for cover. There's going to be people trying to cover the truth. Trying to discredit him. I'm telling you right now, I don't believe the hype. I've seen it with my own two eyes. And I'm telling you, it's real. It's massive. It's damning. And it's coming. 
And <laughs> you're just simply going to be amazed. Finally, technology has caught up with their ass and it's going to put them down. It's going to take them far, 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 far down. They're going to have to admit it. Something's going to have to give one way or the other. So stay tuned for that. As for this show, like I said, you might hear me on uh, on Doug's podcast every once in a while. Stay tuned for my new show, Strange Days Indeed. Next year, you know, I'm going to be coming back bigger and better than ever, sounding better than ever. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait for that. And to all the loyal people who've been with me since day one and who interact with me, who write to me, who call me, thank you from the bottom of my heart. You know, that's why I did it for so long. You know, and, but lately it's just been more work than fun. And, when that happens, you know, it's time to go. Now, if I was making a million, you know, a million dollars doing it, I'd, keep, I'd be still doing it. But in fact, I'm, you know, I'm doing this at a loss. I'm doing this out of pocket. And, uh, you know, the juice just it, is not worth the squeeze at this point. So, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take some, do some research. And uh, I promise I will be back. Bigger and better than ever next year. But thank you to all for listening to the all these episodes of the Lungum Podcast. The archives are going to be up for a while. Don't know how long, but they will be up for a while. So please go check them out. Check out all the old episodes that you haven't heard yet. You know, there's a lot of good ones back there that didn't get much run. Like Operation Redskin and uh, Russian Revelations. Uh, taboo topics, you know, go back and check all these out, man. I mean, they're great shows and uh, a lot of, a lot of cool stuff, but, uh, anyway, I guess this is it for me. This is it for the Lone Gumman podcast. It's been real. It's been real fun. It's been, you know, eye opening in so many ways and it's allowed me to do so many cool things just in the past couple months. You know, it's not over. You know, it's just a new it's just gonna be a new chapter in the book of Rob. But uh sorry, I'm a little choked up here. Thank you everybody for listening. I love you all. And uh you know
guys if I didn't end it this way. Fuck you, Ralph. Fuck you, Richard. Fuck you, Fatzer. This is your boy, out of time. Shills. You do it right to save because you work too hard for your money not to. Lowe's is here to help with special Labor Day savings throughout the store. When you buy a DeWalt two-tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver, you get a DeWalt bear tool for free. Choose from a reciprocating or circular saw, angle grinder, or 20-volt battery. And update your appliances and get up to 40% off select appliance special values. This Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Tool offer valid through 828. Appliance offer valid through 911 U.S. only. The House of Roll journeys far and wide to bring you exceptional quality kitchen and bath fixtures. We've discovered the world's best craftsmen and techniques. Using materials native to the region and tools accustomed to individual craftsmen, we strive for perfection every step of the way. With all of this, you'll see the details of your own story. The story of a life well-crafted. This is the story Craft Tells. Welcome to the House of Roll.